listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friend. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Beulah Girl podcast, and I'm Carol Whitaker, your host. Last week, I talked a little bit about being bold in your calling. This is the second episode in a new series that I've been doing, focusing on staying true to your calling. And last week, again, as I just mentioned, I talked a little bit about boldness and just being willing to proclaim who God has called you to be walking in that calling, even when it would be easier and more comfortable to hide, to disappear. And I talked about the example of Jesus and how he was uncompromising when it came to this, that he was always very um, fixed and secure in his identity. And he gives us the example to follow with some of the statements that he makes in particularly in John. And we looked at that. And then this week I want to focus on Paul and his response to the call of God, how he lived out his ministry and focus a little bit on Galatians one, which we'll get to in a minute. But in this episode, I want to take the idea of calling that we touched on last week and just expand it further and look into the idea of what it means to be called by God, what it means to walk in our calling in in biblical terms. You will hear the term calling thrown around the Christian community. God called me to this, or you'll even hear it in the secular community. I'm called to do this. And it's so important to look at, okay, what does that really mean in biblical terms? And it will give us just such a clear sense of how to answer God's call in our own life, or if we know what God's call is already, we're kind of in the middle of that, just to give us a sense, uh, a better sense of how to effectively keep on walking in that calling. And Paul really gives us a blueprint of his own ministry um, in his comments that he makes in Galatians, the letter he writes to the churches in Galatia. Just to start this whole process of talking about calling. I looked up in two two different online dictionaries some definitions of calling. And this is kind of what I came across. The first definition, a strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. The other definition I came across right after was very similar, an inner urge or a strong impulse especially one believed to be divinely inspired. I could not believe personally when I came across those definitions that they actually mentioned anything to do with an outside inspiration. Um, Again, they don't say God, but they do say divinely inspired. And that was surprising to me because I did not think that there would be any kind of acknowledgement of a higher power, the divine. Um, Of course, as Christians, we are aware of who this higher power is, God. But, you know, for the secular world, again, I was surprised to see that there was any acknowledgement of, you know, some higher power in this definition. And when I continued to look, there were dictionaries. I did come across some online dictionaries that simply included a definition that was more along the lines of what I would thought I would find in a secular dictionary. Um, The definition was simply 
more along the lines of a strong urge towards a particular way of life or career of vocation. So there, there were some that said something about a divine influence, but then there were some that didn't. However, if we look at calling in biblical terms, there's no cutting the divine out of it. It does mean a divinely initiated invitation to live out God's purposes for our lives. And according to Holman Bible Dictionary, calling is an invitation, summons, commission, or naming. And we know that this invitation, this summons, this commission, this naming is by God. There are different ways that calling is used in the Bible, the different variations related to calling, uh, you know, to call or things like that. But I really love this definition that it gives us in this Bible dictionary, because if you truly, and I know some of you are probably thinking, you've got to be kidding me. I have never even heard of a Bible dictionary. Um, I really wasn't familiar with one either until I started blogging and, and, and studying scripture more intently to write the articles that I do. But Bible dictionaries, you know, they just have terms and then they list, you know, how the term is used in the Bible. And then they also list key references and passages of places where the word is used differently. And if you go under the heading, you can see where um, the word is used as an invitation, where it's used as a commission, where it's used as a naming. Um, So it's really cool if you ever get a minute to go through, you can just go on Google and type in calling Bible dictionary and it will pop up a couple different ones. Holman is one. There's Baker's evangelical dictionary is another one. Um, but they'll pop up these, um, dictionary entries that you can go to and it will literally give you these places in scripture. And so it was a kind of cool to look at, but I really, I think was blown away by this definition because Calling is in what I was thinking as far as calling was simply the commission part that we're called to an area of service that God gives us a specific path. And it is that, but it also means so much more than that. It means a naming, telling us of our identity and purpose in him. And I just love this idea because I've read so many things um, by people who've given their own testimonies where people have said, you know, I never knew that, um, I was cut out for this or that I would be good at this area of service. And then I, you know, followed God's directive and and went down this path. And I found out that this is what, you know, I was made to do. And I didn't know that. And so there's more than just a direction down a path. There is a naming in the sense that we are given our purpose when we follow Christ, that it's more than just here, go and, and, and be a pastor or go and, you know, start this ministry or go and be a missionary. I mean, it's more than that. It's more than just a vocation or a, a, a career path. Um, we are given literally a piece of, of our, we're given a naming, like this is who you are. This is what you were made to do. And we're given that by the creator of the universe who knows more about us than we do and knew about us before we even knew about us. And so it's just this idea that, wow, we have this amazing, amazing part to play in the story God is writing and he gives us a role in it if we're willing to follow him and that 
a calling is more than just an invitation to do service for him and more than commission is also a revealing of who we are as we walk in it and just personally in my own story um, I have not been doing what I'm doing now I am a blogger I have a self-worth ministry beulagirl.com I felt you know called to start that woke up one morning and just felt God speaking to me and and it was just this download of this the longest message he's ever given me of to start this ministry I had no idea where to start no idea what to say no idea how this even connected but it's been this totally cool story of him revealing to me in the process of starting the ministry why he wanted to use me to tell my story which some of the um well i guess i should say the main message which is to find identity in christ was my main something that i didn't know how to do even though i'd been a christian almost my whole life um i didn't know how to find my identity in christ i was placing in a lot of other things career relationships and all those other things and when i before i did what i'm doing now in blogging and podcasting um and getting this message of you know finding out who we are in, in christ out there um which a lot of other people are doing similar things in great ways i'm just you know one of many um i was a, a high school english teacher and you know i can remember even in college um when i was starting out and i chose even choosing the career path that i did Again, I prayed about the decision, but I wasn't really in a place in my relationship with God where every decision I made was totally rooted in prayer and everything. I mean, I did kind of the best I could. I was young. And, you know, my mom helped me pick my degree program. And I honestly, it was a very, um, it was a very unspiritual decision. Honestly, it was just go through the pamphlet, which has the least amount of math. My mom was a teacher, so she recommended teaching for me. And I could see God's hand leading me all along, but I, at that point, didn't have a really clear sense of what I wanted to do and chose, you know, to do the program with the least amount of math. But when I was in college, I studied psychology classes. I also had um, Bible classes and I also took theology classes and in addition to English. And I loved my English classes, um, but I... Um, also loved psychology, also loved Bible classes. And I thought to myself, you know, wouldn't, I wish I didn't have to just pick one path. I wish I could have a career where I could also look more into some of the stuff about psychology or more into this stuff, these Bible, I loved Bible classes. That was a surprise. And, you know, I had to pick a path. So I originally was elementary ed major and that wasn't right for me. So I eventually switched to secondary ed, English ed, and just picked a path. But I never knew you know, that 15 years down the road after I was taking some of these classes that I would get to, to meld all of that together. And what I do on in writing articles that I do, I get to meld all these pieces together. I get to look into psychology. I get to study the Bible. I get to look into theology. And I also get to do what I love as far as English type stuff in reading, analyzing literature, um, when I look at the Bible and also writing, you know, writing and, and doing the speaking that I do here. So 
all of that, I didn't know how all of that would fit, but I've also read other people's stories of saying, you know, I, I didn't even know I would be good at this until God directed me. And it just, this whole path opened up that they never imagined. And that is the cool thing. When we walk with God, that's truly what happens. And for Paul, that's what happened for him in his, his own calling. He was a persecutor of the church. He didn't even know Jesus persecuted those who walked in the way and he was this devout Jew and then Jesus intercepted and said hey Paul I need you to follow me and I need you to preach to the Gentiles and he totally turned the course of Paul's life around and in Galatians 1 we see Paul writing to one um to actually it's more than I guess it would have been to several churches in Galatia and he's not defining calling in this letter, or that's not the purpose of it. He's not writing to inform them how to follow their own calling. He's actually writing to correct the church and to answer back to attacks against those who said he wasn't a true apostle, that those who were attacking his message and saying that he just took it from the original 12 and that it wasn't the true gospel. There were all sorts of attacks that he was fighting against. But in his response to the Galatians, we see this blueprint, this um, just this idea of what it means to walk in our calling, what it means to answer our call in, in biblical terms and to effectively walk in that calling. And so I just want to pull a few tidbits from Paul in Galatians 1 so that we too, when we're walking in our calling, that we are always retaining the right focus. We're remembering what it truly means to answer the call of God and walk in that call, no matter where we're at in our, our Christian journey, whether we know at this moment what God has called us to, whether we're still figuring that out and um, that's okay because sometimes it's a process and, and God doesn't revealed to us right away. Um, and so we just follow him and do the best we can and serve using our gifts until it becomes more clear to us. Or maybe we're in the middle and we know, and we've been called and we've been walking in for a while, but you know, we still need to be reminded of what it looks like. So I want to just read to you from Galatians 1, 1. It says this, Paul, an apostle sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God, the father who raised him from the dead. That is the way that he begins the letter. He is identifying himself as an apostle. He emphasizes that he sent not from men nor my, by man, but from Jesus Christ and God, the father who raised him from the dead. And this may seem, you know, um, like something we just brush right past. We may not even notice this or really taken much time to analyze this but if we break this down a little bit we can gain so much um what he's doing here again is defending um his credentials against those who say that his message isn't the true gospel against those who say that he isn't a um, true apostle like the 12 um any attacks coming against him and i, I want to just focus for a minute on this word apostle um, that he uses. Apostle means sent or one who is sent out. And just as Paul was chosen by God to preach to the Gentiles, we as Christians have also been sent and commissioned to God by God to a particular area of service. Um, so 
he's Paul here is saying that he's an apostle. His and um, that simply means sent. He's been sent to minister to the Gentiles, to plant churches, to preach the gospel. Um, and he's he's identifying himself in this way to basically tell the the readers who have been reading this letter, hey, here's my credentials. I was sent by God. And that might seem like, whoa, that's pretty arrogant. That's pretty bold. Um, who does he think he is? But that's the truth. Paul was sent by God. And the truth is that it may be difficult for some of us to embrace as well. Even though we're not Paul, even though we have a different commission than Paul and we're not doing the same things he did, we too have been are sent um, by God. When he gives us the call he has for our lives, he's sending us out to do his work and we're doing it in his authority and his power. And interestingly, if you actually look at this word apostle, it not only means sent, but the way that it's used, not only here, but other places in scripture, it denotes a person authorized to fulfill certain functions a certain function, I should say, yet the emphasis is on the one who sends, not the one sent. And I believe that definition, I'll have to note what it is in, in my article, but I believe that's from Baker's Evangelical Dictionary. But the emphasis is on the one who sends, not one sent. So Paul identifying in this himself in this way is not just an arrogant, I've been sent by God. Listen to me because I'm important. It's no, it's 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 establishing that what he's doing has a foundation that's much bigger than himself. And it's just this idea of he's been sent by someone much more powerful and bigger than himself. And that's where his authority comes from. And so often when we're in a place of, you know, going into trying to go into the area of service that God has called us, or maybe we're right in the middle of it and we can be overcome with doubt or with fear or with insecurity or just get tired from all the demands that we remember the importance of the task that it's, it doesn't come from ourselves. It comes from God and that our strength comes from him. And that really we haven't been called because of our amazing ability, but because God wants to work through us. And it's just this idea too, in terms of talking about, you know, calling that, you know, when uh, people oftentimes will talk about calling, they're just referring to, okay, I'm doing what I want to do, but calling in biblical terms is doing God's will and doing what he purposes for our life. So it's always good to remember that because often we can just be tempted to go down our own path and be doing something because we desire to do it. And it's really not what God has for us. And so it's just a continual reminder of, our calling is rooted in him. He gives us the um, assignment. He gives us the commission and then we go. And so just to always be aware of that. The second point I want to bring out in looking at this passage is I want to skip down to Galatians 1.11 where it says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, again, Paul talking, the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Again, this idea Paul um, brings about, a similar idea that he um, 
to the one before is that not only is his even sent by God, but his message, again, he's defending the gospel that he's preaching. And he's saying, I didn't make this up. I didn't receive it from anyone else. I didn't receive it from the other apostles. Um, I received it from Jesus. And again, this isn't about arrogance. This isn't about putting himself on a pedestal. This is establishing his authority. And the second point I want to bring about from this is that just as our call comes from God, our message also comes from God. Now, we are not in the same position as Paul. We are not writing the New Testament. Uh, Scripture has already been written. The Bible is complete. The canon is closed. Paul had a very unique task in that he received revelation from Jesus, and that actually formed some of the books of the Bible. We actually see a good portion of the New Testament was written by Paul. He was divinely inspired, as were the other, <clears throat> some of the other um, apostles were divinely inspired, and they wrote what we have in our hands as the New Testament. They walked with Jesus. They saw him. Um, as far as the other 12, they saw him resurrected. Um, now, one did betray him. That was was Judas. Um, but as far as there were those that walked with Jesus, saw him resurrected, heard his teachings, saw him ascend to heaven, they were commissioned by Jesus to go and do and preach and, and form the early church. Paul was commissioned later. He was, you know, after um, Jesus ascended to heaven, there was some time after that, Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. And you can read about that story in Acts. But I mentioned that our, our message comes from God is because even though we're not exactly like Paul and that we're not writing the New Testament or we're not, you know, creating um, the foundation for the early church as he was, um, and well, the foundation was Jesus, but planting churches and, and really starting the um early church. I do say what I do is because when we're walking in our calling, again, just as we have been called by God and he initiates and tells us what we are to do within his will, we also are given the message, but it is that which aligns with the gospel. Um, I think it's important to note that we always have the responsibility to make sure what we are communicating is truly from God, is truly what he would have us to say, and is truly in line with the gospel, and that we're not simply making up our own message. We aren't simply speaking our own words or operating from our own power that we are ever mindful of the fact that we are representing God and that we are his, you know, his representatives, his workers and that he is speaking and working through us. In fact, you know, there are many false prophets who claim a whole lot of things, false religions who claim that they know Jesus. And when you look into their claims, you will find at some point that they have turned from the gospel. So truly we have to always be mindful that our message is not our own. We don't do whatever it is we want. We have to speak words that are aligned with gospel truth and do what God tells us to do. And that involves a relationship and continually walking with him. And if we're not, then we're not valid in our ministry. Um, 
I love what the IVP commentary says about Paul. He says his apostolic power is not arbitrary, not random. It is only valid as long as he adheres to the gospel. So again, it's talking about this idea of what we do is in alignment with the gospel and we receive what we're to do and say from 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 Jesus um, when he commissions us. It's not just go and do that, hands off. I mean, he's involved in every step of the process. The last um, point I want to bring about is that not only are we called by God, are we given our message by God, but we are accountable to God. Just as Paul was given a unique call to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, we will be given a unique call that doesn't look like someone else's call. Um, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, there are different spiritual gifts. Now, I'm not going to read the entire passage, but in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, it does talk about these different gifts. But let me just read the first part. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of of working in all of them and in everyone it is the same god at work now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good and then it it defines what kind of work that we can be given to one a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge um, to another um, faith to another gifts of healing miraculous powers prophecy distinguishing between spirits speaking in different kinds of tongues and still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these he um, are the work of the one in the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So again, this idea that we all have different work to accomplish and do, and this is given to us by God, and it may not look exactly like another person, but all of it is in alignment with what it says in the gospel, and all of it is centered in Christ and under his authority. So we might latch onto the first two points I talked about and say, well, I've been sent by God and I've been given a message by God. So I am pretty important and here I am on a pedestal, but we can't leave out the important detail or truth that tempers all of that and that we haven't been called just to tell others about Christ or minister to others in, in whatever capacity that God has called us to, we also have to align ourselves with the same things that we are preaching to others and live it out in our lives. Um, just in doing some study, you know, these points that I'm talking about have been slightly adapted from some points that I've looked at, particularly in the IVP New Testament commentary. But one of the things that the commentary says in regards to um, this passage on Galatians 1 is that Paul starts out Galatians 1 by giving his credentials, defending himself. If you look more into it, then he starts correcting the, the doctrine that has, you know, gotten people, you know, turned them astray from, from what he's been teaching them. But then he returns back in um, verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 13, he turns back and he starts talking about himself. And he says, for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. And then he just is talking about his own conversion story, um, how he was chosen by God. And one of the things that IVP points out in saying is that the reason that Paul turned and mentioned himself was that he was attempting to have his listeners identify with him 
and putting himself as an example of not one who just was telling them what they should be doing, but one who is actually living out the message of the gospel and aligning his life with the gospel. I want to just read to you what the IVP says on this point. He, he, Paul, does not call on his readers, talking about the church members there, to do anything he has not done himself. He does not simply point to the way he has lived out the way of faithfulness to the gospel of Christ. We might well learn from Paul the best way to challenge others to live for Christ is by our own example. I included in my introduction some examples of definitions of calling and made the point that some of those definitions do not include anything about there being an outward, an outside influence, I should say, an outside influence. Don't really say anything about there being anything about a divine influence that God is not necessarily in some definitions, um, part of the definition of calling. Some dictionaries simply state that calling is a strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action. But I think that in comparing the different definitions, this is very challenging in a good way in that even though some of us who have been in the church a long time, some of us may be you know, really familiar with the idea of the fact that calling has to do with God initiating us down a particular path and, and, and you know, giving us a certain identity, um, calling us out to do a specific work. Yeah, even though we may be familiar with that, I think that the temptation for all of us sometimes is to make calling about you know, what we would want to do or just kind of forget the component that it's God who initiates it, God who sustains it, and it's all about God. When I'm looking at, you know, all of these passages that I'm, I'm telling you about and I'm looking over Galatians, I think this thing that stands out to me the most is that what Paul was talking about in terms of being an apostle, of being called, of you know, of speaking the message that God gave him and all of it being from God and not man, I think that I'm just struck with the idea um, that all that he did was centered in God and pointed back to God. And that's so important to remember in terms of our own calling. Acts 17, 20, 28 tells us, for in him we live and move and have our being. And similarly, we're told in John 15, 5, it is by remaining in him that we accomplish what we were designed to accomplish. Apart from him, we can do nothing. I've focused on Paul throughout this talk, but quite interestingly, in Hebrews 3.1, Christ is referred to as an apostle. Because again, if apostle means sent, well, Christ was sent by the Father to complete a, a specific mission. And just as Christ was sent, he then sent out others. And we just have this idea of an apostle is one who not only is that which we think of in terms of Paul and the work he was doing in the Bible and the other, you know, 12 disciples, not only that, but we too are apostles in the sense that we are sent. And 
we have been called to do a specific work. You know, in the book of Galatians, Paul defends his authority as an apostle and the truth of the gospel. But we see in Paul that he's not merely insecure or trying to brag about who he truly is. That he truly provides for us a humble model of one who followed God and lived out his call in a God-honoring way. It can be really exciting to receive the great mantle God has given us of commission, whatever it is, to go and do whatever. But with that mantle comes the task of remembering we have been called because of God's grace and not our own ability. Our message is not our own. We must adhere to the gospel. And lastly, we must preach this gospel message, not just with our words, but with our lives. If you're listening to this and this sounds completely foreign to you because you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, I do want to give you the opportunity in a minute when I pray to accept him if you would like. There's more information on following Christ. If you want to jump on BeulahGirl.com, there is a No God, and that's K-N-O-W, No God tab, and you can learn more about that there. I have a few, you know, things just to think about if you're not really sure if you're ready to take this step, but if you are, you can pray with me in a minute. But when I first heard, even as a Christian, heard this idea of God being the one that kind of owns my talents. Um, I remember a preacher saying that once in a sermon. I was really offended. I'll be honest. I was offended. I, I wanted, I just could not believe what he was even saying. I thought, well, I own, you know, I own my talents. I am in control. But when we really look at the biblical definition of what it means to answer God's call, it's all about submitting ourselves and trusting that he knows what's best for us, the best version of ourselves. And so that may be foreign to some of you listening. You may think that's the oddest thing you've ever heard. And I totally get that because that's not what you'll hear in just conversations in your everyday, your workplace or whatever for those who are non-Christians. But that is truly what it means to walk in your calling in, in Christian terms. And that can be a foreign concept, but it is the only way to live. And what a amazing legacy that Paul left behind because he turned from his life and doing what he wanted to do and doing what he thought he was good at and accepted Jesus's version of himself and just trusted and the results speak for themselves. Um, we have in our hands the, the work that God accomplished through him. And there were really hard moments where Paul must have questioned, where Paul must have doubted, where Paul must have struggled, but he trusted and he just, he, gave it all he had, and God was able to, through him, um, produce this amazing, um, you know, amazing letters that are now scripture that we have in our hands, and also accomplish the work of helping to start the um, early church and spread the message of the gospel. So if he can do it through Paul, imagine, you know, he can do the same um same amazing types of things again through us maybe you know again as i clarified not the same exact not the same exact things as far as you know bible's already written and all that but he can also accomplish great things through us so let's just pray if you are wanting to accept jesus i want you to follow after me dear lord i'm a sinner i just come before you right now and acknowledge my need for you i want to accept you as the lord of my life i pray that you will come into my life that you will lead and guide me 
that you will help me to follow you and forgive me for the life of sin I've led. I realize that I cannot do it without you and I do want to accept you now as my Savior. For those of you who have already accepted Jesus, my prayer for you um, is just that um, you will accept God's call in your life wherever you are, whether you're discouraged, whether you don't know what that is. Lord, help all of us um, to walk in the calling you have for us, to trust you even in the hard places, to trust that you know best, even when we don't understand, even when you have us in places that don't seem like the right fit for us, help us to know that your version of us is always going to be the best and that we always need to be aware of the biblical truths of what ministry and and calling look like so that we don't just try to build something in our own strength or do something that is apart from your will. Help us just to accept these truths, Lord, and to remember them in, in, in any times that we're tempted to go astray or to just do whatever it is that we want to do without first considering whether it's your will for us. In Jesus' name, amen.